Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way podcast. Uh, I've only read one book three times, and it's a book called Driven by Douglas Brackman and Randy Kelly. Um, and so today I am super excited to be joined by Dr. Doug um, and hit from his home in Nashville, Tennessee. Before we went on hit record, we were talking about Johnny Cash. So that's always a sign of a good day. Um, <laughs> and so welcome, Dr. Doug. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, Justin. This is, yeah, I'm excited. Sounds like uh, you are right up my alley with the third yes. way. So yes, exactly. So we, um, I, I, I don't even know where I found your book, um, but I guarantee you, I, like I said, I've read it three times. Um, it's um, much more of an owner's manual than a lot of books on neuro, you know, on the field of neurodiversity. I mean, it felt like I was reading about me. The first time I read it was mind blowing. And not all that life altering because it was my mind was blown. And the, by the time <laughs> I read it the third time, it's really influenced like building systems around like leveraging ADHD in my my case. But I think this applies to everybody. Um, so just a little background: you have a dual uh, PhDs in psychology, um, and been working with high performers, athletes, entrepreneurs, military people for the last twenty years, organized around this principle or idea called driven right. which is really more genetic and so I was curious before I get into the back and forth of the questions what how do you describe driven to like you know somebody at a cocktail party right so the elevator pitch it's it's and I don't take credit for it I, I throw it out to Tom Hartman um, who talked about the hunter farmer theory when it comes to ADD and ADHD and so right. the basic theory is 4,000 years ago when the when the agricultural revolution really took off 90 plus percent of the human species adapted to a sedentary, boring world. Mm -hmm. and they have created that. Mm -hmm. There's about 10% of us that, that remain and retain these hunter style genetics and brain structure. Yeah. So over the last, you know, since writing the book and, and <laughs> developing this assessment, I read an assessment on my, on my webpage, took me a year to develop. It's a real thing just because of my own imposter syndrome was so bad. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to make sure I wasn't talking out of my rear end, talking out of my ass. And so I did this nationally normed, spent a bunch of money on it assessment and put it out to 500, a representative sample of all those in the United States. And uh, then gave it to various samples of driven people, including Navy SEALs and entrepreneurs and EO and YPO people. And um, it's real. We are really different. Yeah. And those differences are simple. You know, basically it's a, you know, an ADD style brain and a different reward system. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest one that, that sticks us out from society yeah. is the reward system. So, what I, what I, one of the main takeaways from, from your book for me was this understanding finally at 51, you know, years old, I'm like, Oh, is I don't produce enough dopamine on my own. If I, with the, with the allels that, you know, the, the D1, D2 combo and right. everything, you don't, I don't produce enough dopamine on my own. So therefore I have to go seek it. And the key to it is the what kind of the word of the year is regulation. <laughs> it's not suppression and it's not expression. It's regulating and lever so I can leverage it. Cause it's a, it's an energy source. It's, and frankly, ADHD in particular, cause I don't really have OCD or ADD, but 
ADHD in particular, I've noticed is very much like an energy source that I can tap into either very destructive or amazingly brave and positive. Yeah. And it, it's, as I say in my book, it is, it is a massive curse until you figure out that there's nothing wrong with you and that this is an advantage. Yes. But then you have to actively day to day, moment to moment, yes. understand this and understand how there's multiple forces within your world, within your body that are driving you in different directions. Right. Right. And every driven I've, I've come across when I first start with them, they're terrified to give up their terror of not succeeding. Yes. And so you're using this energy of fuel, you know, fear to drive into, you know, someday, somehow I will get rid of this. You know, I will finally feel rewarded one day. I will finally get to the top of this imaginary hundred foot pole and, and be content one day. Yes. And it is a vicious loop of vicious loop. And key takeaway, a couple of them, it is a farmer's world. Mm -hmm. They changed the world. Mm -hmm. We didn't. And so we have to adapt to their world. We can't fight against their world. Yes. Yes. And once you figure that out, then it's like, it's, it's cheating. I mean, we, we have very profound differences from, from 80, 90% of the population. So. It reminded me, did you ever read any of the Jack Reacher books by Lee Child? I did. Yeah. <laughs> I <read> them all. <laughs> me too. And do you remember, I don't remember which one it was, but there was the intro about the people sitting around the fire. Remember that? What it said it was like a thousand years ago, there were a hundred people sitting around a fire and a wolf howled in the darkness and 99 of them were afraid and one wanted to be the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> that is- like, that's us. Like, you know, like... I think that's what it, that's kind of like such a beautiful symbology of what it means, but you're right. We do need to, we do need to operate in the world in a way that we can be effective. I mean, that's, I think that's a big part of this. So related to that kind of opening to the kind of first formal question, Dr. Doug is what, what do you think is most misunderstood by others about driven people, especially people that are in like, you know, your, your spouse or your, your, your family or your business partner, and they're not that way. What do they misunderstand about driven people? Do you think? It's really our identities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the agricultural revolution took off, you know, people's job specializations got smaller and smaller and smaller. Everyone became butchers and bakers and candlestick makers. Drivens, on the other hand, we have a brain structure and reward system that does not support a simple identity. And so as a byproduct of that, often drivens use this impending doom feeling that there's something missing or wrong in the world, which is boredom. And you're sitting there and it feels like something's missing or wrong. And we use that as a core sense of our identity, that there's something missing or wrong with me. And, you know, the other comments you said that is you know, in my book, and Navy SEALs often say it, Daniel Amen, big brain researcher out of uh, Irvine, he says we're only 2% or 3% of the population, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, you know, he says there's three kinds of people in this world. There's sheep, there's wolves, and there's sheepdogs. <laughs> that, and he, he says it's about 95% sheep. And, yeah. you know, are you a wolf preying on the sheep? Yeah. That's my joke about you know, all my entrepreneurs selling dick pills on the internet. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. Or are we really a shepherd? Yes. 
And if we get accused of being a wolf and we're trying to be a shepherd, we lose our minds. That's right. And so the external, this outer world, we are so misunderstood. Yeah. And so we feel broken Mm -hmm. and then we can be perceived as broken. Yes. And as I say in my book, if, if you're not completely whacked in your addictions because of your driven genetics and everything else, you wind up owning most of the shit in the world. Yeah. Because we are just hyper, you know, hyper seeking that dopamine. and reward. Yeah. I think, uh, um, so my partner also, she has a PhD in, um, in communicating for social change. So we, we have these like academic discussions and I've quoted your book many times. It's on her side of the bed to read next. She's, you know, maybe borderline. I don't know how that works, but one of the things I noticed with her and others that know me well, my business partner, not driven, very driven person, but not driven DNA wise right. is I think the main thing that I wish people would understand is I, I had ADHD. Probably I was born with it. It's a genetic uh, propensity. It's mm-hmm. not a curse. There's nothing wrong with me. And I also had chronic, what's called complex PTSD from a very violent childhood. Yeah. So you combine that with, and you can get into more of the woo-woo stuff, like highly sensitive person, which there seems to be something there, the energy chakras and all that. You get, you get out into that. There could be things there. But what I've noticed is what I wish, and I, I wish people understood is that when, when trauma and driven work together, the my your my whole identity is about being a protector yeah my oh, job yeah. is not to be my job is to make sure it doesn't become a possessor or my job oh, is is the, the yeah to regulate the difference between paying attention and fixation and being okay with situational awareness and i i'm reading Ken, uh, david hawkins book letting go right now oh yeah great fantastic <laughs> I, I, I can see the yellow cover yeah there. there you go so he's and he says in there related to this he goes save your fear for actual danger because if yeah. you burn it out all the time um you know you're going to you but you're going to lose your you're going to lose your sense of what's really a threat and what's not because that's one of the great gifts of being driven is you are the great threat awareness source exactly but it will kill us if we're not careful because this and what you just said is so key I could have called my book, you know, rather than driven, I could have called it the shame-based personality type <laughs> yeah. or even better, you know, because of my, my, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a, something called an SEP, a somatic experiencing practitioner. I'm very familiar with, with that. Peter, yeah. And I stumbled into Peter Levine in San Diego 25 years ago before he was the Peter Levine and, and just wound up taking all of his trainings. And we are designed to live in a very dangerous world. The farmers made it stupidly safe. The world has never been safer. (laughs) And so this mismatch, and Tom Hartman said it, you know, and and it's really an interesting time to be driven socioculturally because what he was saying, he made the correlation in his, um, you know, called the Edison gene book that we are, you know, the bacteria, he says about 5% of bacterias are wired for a different environment. Right. So if there's an environmental change, you have this small percent of the cells that will survive. Right. And so we are that. Hmm. And we, you know, and I looking back in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, you know, I had this profound insight 
you know, that might seem like the rest of the class did not. It's like, this school is stupid. <laughs> like, we are wasting time yeah. memorizing a bunch of horseshit that is never going to serve us to survive in this world. Totally. And 90%, 95% of the class is going along, oh, isn't this great? I got an A. And it's like, how is that going to work? Right. That doesn't do anything for you. Right. I remember that too. Um, two things about that. Um, my my mom and I didn't really know each other until I was about 46. I mean, we she, wow. we lived at home, but she was a source of, when I was a kid, she was the primary source of the violence. And so I didn't really know her and she didn't know me. And, but I remember she, I was unbreakable. Like she would beat the hell out of me. And I would still come back and saying like, you, I, you are violating my constitutional rights and you know, like, uh, <laughs> all that. and then at school too, like, this is, I just remember thinking, this is all bullshit. And I, and I'm, you know, I'm in, and my, my partner is an academic former college professor. So I'm not anti-education, right. I'm, but I'm, but this kind of leads into the second question about societal cultures and ob- culture, cultural obstacles that driven people deal with on a, you know, on a macro level. And it seems like much of the world, to your point about farmers, and I break that down, much of the world has been defined by some coalition between religion, government, education, and for the last 400 years, corporations. Yeah. N- none of those are conducive to driven people. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't need religion in that sense. We don't need, we need as little government as possible. We don't need structured religion and we don't need, we get it. We are autodidactic. We don't need some, we don't need necessarily the credentialing to feel better about ourselves. We, um, and we're terrible middle managers. So you think about that. Those, those, those things. Horrific leader or we are horrific managers. Yes. We can learn to be leaders Right, really good, effective leaders, but right. it takes a lot of insight. Right, um, and that shift, you know, culturally, right. it's really a misunderstanding. You know, I, I I perceive the world as stupid, slow, and lazy <laughs> for most of my life. One of my best rotations as a as a organizational psychologist was at the County of San Diego. Mm. Sixteen thousand seven hundred people, maybe doing the work of five hundred people, maybe, maybe. You know, you get some motivated people in there and it was cubicle after cubicle after cubicle of people waiting six months for their 3% raise. And it was such a foreign environment to what I could wrap my brain around. It just didn't make sense to me. Right. I didn't have the insight though, until later on that I don't make sense to them. Right. And so, and they're not able to really understand the big picture thinking like I can of them. And it's like, wait a minute, this is the way they operate. And that allowed me through the you know, organizational psychology stuff to really understand that um, we are so profoundly different mm-hmm. for good reasons. Yeah. So, you, you know, you've reached this level both of like a, awareness of self and, and subject matter expert. You know, there's that's a beautiful combo. So what do you deal with that still feels like an obstacle when you talk about the world seems uh, slow, dumb, and what? What was the stupid, slow, and lazy, stupid, slow, and lazy, you know, running up against those kind of feelings. Where are you at now? Like with cultural obstacles, where do you look at something and go, what the fuck? Why are we doing this? (laughs) I I have made it a practice to not turn on the news any longer Um, because it makes, I lose my mind when I see 
right, you can see right through the narrative as driven people, you know, and the whole Joe Rogan phenomenon that's happening is that it is just this insatiable curiosity of being driven. Yeah. And when you have that change of identity that I talk about in my book, this, this, you want to send a driven person to hell, ask them to try to figure out who they are. Right. Because I'm a butcher. I'm not a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. I'm a Da Vinci. I'm a fucking artist and historian and, you know, cultural anthropology and all of these different things. So what I did to do in my book is shifted from a who to a what. Yeah. I love that. And what I am is an animal. What I am is a homo sapien. Mm -hmm. I'm a monkey. And I do have consciousness, which is this third kind of esoteric, weird hippie thing. And I am not a hippie, but I can talk to you. My day-to-day really is, is I have designed a life. I live on Old Hickory Lake in Nashville, Tennessee, and I bass fish at least 20 hours a week. Wow. So I am on my boat watching the sunset by myself, introvert, honoring my introversion. And the overwhelming amount of gratitude I have mm-hmm. sends my body into sabotage because in, it is so incongruent with my driven nature of feeling like I need more, feeling like I need it. it, it. Yeah. But the grace piece of it, you know, grace, it's grace, asshole. And yes. I, I say that to myself often. Yes. <laughs> that yes. Grace is undeserved peace and undeserved joy and undeserved, unearned. I didn't have to do anything for it. Right. Right. And, but, and, and capital A and D, I have it. Yeah. And how does it feel? Yes. And for me, that new way of dealing with, you know, rather than, shooting on myself with my feelings i should feel happier i should feel this i should feel that and it it, that is a total waste of time compared to worms compared to other people compared to farmers compared to so you what i am and then how do i feel about this Mm -hmm. yeah and that that piece that that curious exploration is the true gift of being driven Right. But I don't try to wake up the farmers. I stopped. Yeah. I stopped that exercise long ago because all they do is get angry and shout their narrative louder. Right. Yeah. I don't I have so many things, Dr. Doug, that we are aligned on or, or similar experiences. It gives me the chills because, you know, it's um, it's somewhat of a lonely existence sometimes. I mean, my sons, my my bi- older biological sons, definitely driven. Yeah. But we know, you know, that's a different kind of relationship. So anyway, just, just as you were talking about grace and I, and I remember this from your book is that it's an interesting trajectory because it starts off with kind of the hard science, you know, and then it goes into psychology and I was like, okay, there's a third element here. Is he going to get to, and you did about grace and consciousness. And one of the, one of the day-to-day things for me is um, energy needs a system. And I look at driven as energy. Um, uh, huh? I, I said exactly. And yeah. what's missing in our brain is the executive function. Is That's the right. organizer? Is this right. systematic? So, you know, farmers have a built-in brain system. Yes. So, right. We don't. And uh, and again, these systems that other people have adopted—the religion, government, education, and corporation—that's the system. It's like, oh, if I stay within this, I'm going to feel safe. But I, I am. I, I don't know if you've read. Um, 
recapturing the rapture by Jamie wheel. Um, oh, I know Jamie book. wheel. Yeah. yeah I know it's his newest book. Yeah. And it's basically how to design your own religion. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, taking the positive of religion that it's around, you know, something spiritual combined with something systemic, but anyway, what I've realized, and it, and it kind of goes to what Jesus said about old wine and new bottles, is that most of my systems right, right, related to regulating ADHD and complex PTSD were for around my lower self. It was, it was like um, cages around the, the beast yeah. um, and type of thing. And now I, where I'm at is about, oh, I might give this is energy. It needs a system, but it can be a system for being in my higher self. And the higher self runs on grace and gratitude and compassion and consciousness. And it's fucking beautiful. It's such a beautiful life to have to be driven and high conscious Um, because you still have, because here's the thing about it that that goes to the dopamine. The dopamine for me is to find the edge, but the finding the edge isn't like within societal restrictions or some of the other self-destructive tendencies I had over the years. It's finding the edge of consciousness. Oh boy. And it's such a beautiful place to be. It feels like being a perpetual pioneer. Um, so yeah, that what you and, said. Yeah, and, and feeling the grace and dealing with those big emotions. Like your our brains, our our driven brains are not designed to process big emotions. They're pro- they're designed to suppress them so we can focus on the kill. Exactly. And but that doesn't work in modern society. And that misfit between us and modern society, I couldn't agree with you more. And there's almost 8 billion central nervous systems on this planet. There's only one person on this planet that can help you with your central nervous system. Right. That's you. <laughs> and that's my, you know, yes. my, as being driven, we are chosen. We have to learn how to deal with our inner world. That's right. And if we don't, we wind up either, you know, going to jail because society says we're sociopaths or we, we develop these systems to reality check my impending doom. Yes. I can look at my whiteboard. I can look at my cooking account and I can talk to my wife and know that my finance, romance and health are all okay. And that's what I do with Drivens is that, you know, my life's okay. Yeah. But holy shit, it's really okay. Yes. And I am never satisfied with how much better it can be. Yeah. <laughs> so it is just, right. and you, I see the smile on your face and you can feel the smile on mine. Right. And as Joe Rogan says, I wish there was 10 of me. I'd yeah. be bass fishing all day long. I would be doing something else and I'd be reading a book and I'd be doing it. it, 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 it. Yeah. I just can't get enough life in me. Right. So yeah, I my, love my, being driven. I mean, that consciousness yeah. of being driven is just like, what a gift. What a gift. Yeah, it, it's, it's, there's nothing like it in the sense of when you realize also that it's a significant contributor to the evolution of humanity. I mean, I love Sam Harris and Steven Pinker yeah. and Jordan Peterson and those guys and the sense that we people driven people we have been given it's a calling. And it's a calling that we can either be we can either allow to destroy us or to elevate humanity. And and we live in a world that desperately needs alpha people that are conscious people, what I call awake, awake alphas. We need yeah. that. We have, my, by my view of men in particular, about 40% of men are either overtly or covertly misogynistic. Um, they're, they're, and, and, 
And there's some deep systemic, especially if they're white dudes, some systemic racism in that too. Yeah. 40%, of, 40% of men are domesticated. They, they wear khaki pants and drive a minivan and, and, they're sad <laughs> and they look like it. That's why I always say there's two kinds of guys that drive minivans. Ones that look like they just lost, they just surrendered to the Germans or uh, they look like they're on a, they, they stole the car and they're trying to get away from their life, you know, <laughs> which leaves about 20%. And I may be generous there of alpha men. They're conscious that love that love unconditionally, but with this, deep like divine masculinity i think that's what the world needs i and i just did my own podcast about the differences between gender roles and masculine and feminine yes and it is a completely different thing and and you know we get we get attacked for talking about feminine and masculine and all of that when they're they're referencing gender roles and i'm not Mm -hmm. talking about gender roles not not even all Uh, yes and I agree with you that the divine masculine externally is a man filled with divine feminine internally. That's right. Connected and divine feminine is that stillness and nothing can move me and I'm going to stand up for what's right. That's right. And that takes, you know, and that's my joke about courage. Courage feels like shit. <laughs> courage is the most terrifying, shitty experience in the world. <laughs> but it, it's, but that is in in action despite how i feel all this fear and That's so right. as a driven person i say it in the book is it's when you go on that path of really exploring consciousness it's yeah. terrifying yes you look at the shadow you know shadow is is what's going to kick us out of the herd yeah and we're already kicked out of the herd fuck the herd Yes. No, 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 oh, We are sheepdogs. We yes. need to lead the herd. We need the to herd. protect the herd. Right. And that's, that's the, right. yes. as Christ said to Peter, which Peter is the driven of the bunch. Yes. Sticking his foot in his mouth and right. cutting yeah. people's cutting ears off, off and yeah, shit. I'll never, <laughs> I'll never let you take me. I take you. And it's like, Christ looks at me and goes, yeah, bullshit. Yes. And, <laughs> but the thing he said to Peter, and he put Peter in charge at the end. Mm-hmm. Because he was broken in humility. Yeah. And, you know, as Christ said to him before he ascended, feed my sheep, care for the sheep, care for the tend sheep. my sheep. Right. And that is our, that is our calling. And I agree with you. And I think it's, it's, it is happening in my world, you know, that these, this wolf pack, as I talk about in my book, you know, most, most people on this planet are herding animals. Right. And when something happens, they scatter. Fuck yeah. you and you're on your own. Good luck. Yeah. Where we are wolf pack wired. Yeah. But if a bear attacks the wolves, we're all, I got your back, brother. Yeah. Exactly. But we have been burned. Most of my clients, when they first, when I first meet them, have been burned by farmers for so long. They don't trust anybody and they're completely right. alone. Yes. Well, we could go on and on and on. I know we could, but <laughs> I know. We've I'm going to have you on my podcast. So I'd be yeah, I would love that. Yeah. That have uh, Megan reach out to me or whatever. And I, I would be, I would love to be on. Um, I'm going to link to your book and website in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for doing this. This was oh, uh, this six shots of espresso. So I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> we'll embrace your driven and just, I mean, yes, it is. It is, it is their world but you can create your own world that it like you and I are experiencing. It's just, God, it is so amazing to be alive. Yes. Amen. What a great time to be alive too. Yes. It is just like, I mean, the world is, you know, 
Ezekiel's war is upon us. It's just amazing. (laughs) This is cool shit. Yes, this is cool shit.